This is Hawkside Guns Podcast. Hello and welcome to Hawkside Guns Podcast. What's up, y'all? Uh, once again, we uh, we come to you from a place of enablement uh, for uh, for uh, firearms. Hi, my name is Jake, and I am a firearm addict. <laughs> I know it's so bad. Hi, my my name is Sean, and I can't stop buying <laughs> firearms. <laughs> Hi, Sean. <laughs> Oh well, man! Uh, well, I I know we started with something else, but let's start with the the obvious. You 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 did manage to receive a secondhand Henry rifle oh, from man. me. Yeah, I bought two guns this week. Two. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, and then then we'll go to we my can break it down. Finding, but that, yeah, that we can said. we can break it down. Um, I did get your Henry. Uh, as we had talked about on the cast a couple of weeks ago, uh, this. And this is kind of how it works for people who have a problem. <laughs> we enable each other, right? It's like drunks going to a bar. Like, everyone always thinks that's a good idea. And Jake and I are no different, except our drug of choice is firearms. So, Jake purchased a new Henry with the side gate loader. Yes. And uh, did you... Did you have receivership of that yet, or not yet? Oh no, I've received it. I haven't had a chance to shoot it yet, but oh, I have man. received you, it. Is it everything you hoped it'd be? Of course it is. Uh, did Did you get the? Uh, if, if the wife would have let me, I would have slept cuddled <laughs> next to it. <laughs> is it the uh, hardened receiver with the rainbow stuff on it, or no? No, actually, it isn't. It is literally identical to the one I sent you, other than the fact that it has a side gate loader. I gotta say, man. Um, so it arrived in Texas, and uh, Jake and I, I, I hit Jake up because nobody was gonna help me fund this, and I'm <laughs> like, well, crap. And uh, I, I asked my dad, I asked my brother, you know, I asked a friend of mine who shoots with me. Everybody was like, no, nah, I don't, I don't need one of those. Uh, so I was like, screw it, I'll just do it myself. So I hit Jake up Monday, and I'm like, how much do you have to get for this? And we agreed on a price. And he's like, look, I'll have it in the, or Friday, I think it was. And uh, he's like, I'll have it in, we agreed on it. Fair price for everybody, I think. Uh, everybody was pretty pleased. Uh, Jake got a lot of his stuff funded back. And then uh, I got his Henry in the mail to me. So it arrived and immediately taken out of the package. It was like, my precious, you know. Uh, <laughs> I... I immediately liked it better than the Marlin I have, which is in the same caliber. It's a 44 uh, mag. Uh, now, my Marlin says 44 mag on it, but the Henry says 44 mag and 44 special. Yes, it will do either one. And I'm like, well, that's good. That means two types of ammunition could go through here. That just double and, the amount, you know. And at the same time, I would expect. No, I, I'm not going to guarantee you this because I'm not the one who's going to try it and I'm not the one who's going to be responsible for your Marlin exploding. However, I would suspect very similar to the fact that any 357 uh, Magnum will also take a 38 special, that your 44 Marlin will also take a 44 special. It might. Uh, I have because, and I'm a, 
and it, it may be because they weren't doing 44 specials when that Marlin was made. Uh, it may be that they just didn't think to put that on there. But if it doesn't say it on the side of the gun, unless I get somebody of uh, valiant authority to tell me that that's what it's going to do, I don't normally put various types of rounds through anything else. So I always just put 44 mag through it. But this one says it on the barrel, okay, <laughs> on the yes. Henry. 44 mag slash 44 special. And I'm like... Oh, I bet you Bonus got 44 special. <laughs> you know, like I bet you well, I could do in, that. In an, an ironic note, one of the main reasons why the people who shoot 357s a lot of times like to use the 38 specials is usually 38 specials cheaper. Yeah. Well, that's not the same case in the 44. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. The mag is cheaper. And I'm not sure why that is, but I know some people who have some access to 44 Special and they're willing to sell it to me. So I was like, oh, sweet. You know, I'll, I'll just go ahead and do that. Uh, so I did get my hands on a couple of boxes of 44 Special. And I invited my, well, first of all, when I when it arrived home, uh, I took it to show my wife, as I often do, because uh, I try not to hide uh, firearms from Shannon so that she can see that. You know, I'm not actually spending all my money on, like, drugs or strippers or something. It's it's actually, like, you know, a product. That well, we one can... of those I don't think she'd argue with. No, well, she would if she wasn't there. Uh, oh, no, good point. <laughs> if good I didn't point. take her. Uh, but, uh, so I said, hey, you know, like, look. She's like, oh, this is the one that Jake sent you. And I'm like, absolutely. She looks at it and goes, that's a Henry rifle. <laughs> uh, Ironically enough, yes, uh, it is. Yes. How the hell? Now, my wife has been in law enforcement and and uh, security for well since I've known her so for over 20 years she's from Texas and but she's from Texas and she's a super big Texas girl she also is big on Texas trivia and she went that's the gun that the Texas Rangers used also the first marine division in the 1860s and I'm like who the hell are you like what <laughs> what what is what is that? She goes, oh no, that's a Texas Ranger gun. I'm I'm sure of it. It looks just like that. Now it may not be the same caliber, but that I know that they used golden uh, Henry rifles, Henry repeating rifles. I know they did. And I looked it up, and I was like, sure, she's right, absolutely. Now they they had you know like brass receivers because they you know the the workmanship was a little bit different back then, and they knew that they would be outside, and um, you know so brass didn't. It tarnished, but it didn't rust. So that's what they used. And but you look it up, and there's Texas Rangers with Henry repeating rifles, uh, lever action rifles. And I'm like, uh oh. And she's like, <laughs> got it on her shoulder, and she's like, working it, and they're telling me all about how like, uh, uh, yeah, these are this is considered a carbine. And see this loop here? That's a, they can on the side of the horse just flip the gun around and don't have to drop the reins, and then put it up to their other hand and shoot, and then just do it again if they need to and i'm i'm like oh i'm not getting a soap and water feeling from this exchange right here <laughs> this is not good at all <laughs> and uh, she's doing the thing she's like yeah it's easy to swing and it's easy you know it's easy to shoot and these things are super cool and she's racking and she goes this is the two blooder now they originally had two blooders like this and they'd say uh load it on monday and shoot it all week and i'm like oh no uh so she's like this could be mine. I'm like, well, it's not. 
So we uh, we took it out to shoot this weekend. All that to say, we took it out now, to shoot this weekend. Now, now, considering the fact that they were unwilling to help fund it, I would assume you did not allow Bohana to shoot the firearm. Uh, no, he got two bullets. Okay. Now, Shannon, who gave me <laughs> half the money out of her overtime money for this rifle, uh, got to shoot an entire box. <laughs> I'm like, you're serious? She goes, oh, yeah, I'll pay for half of this. This is a great rifle. I, you know, and she started talking about it and everything. She goes, no, this looks a little different, and it has a, a wooden handhold here, but this is a Henry, Henry, you know, uh, lever-action rifle. This is a Texas Rangers weapon, as far as I'm concerned. This is what the Texas Rangers would have used, something like this. I'd love to shoot it. Oh, yeah, baby. By the way, you have never been sexier than you are right now. <laughs> Because uh, I'm normally the one prattling on about, like, what the different gun is and all that kind of stuff. And she's, like, totally going all educating on me. And I'm just this this I, I, I don't understand how we got here. But, OK, great. You know, uh, I took Buona and Shannon out to shoot and everyone loves it. I mean, it's it's a it's a Henry. I mean, it shoots like a Henry. And you, as you are well aware, what's funny is Buona loved it. This is super quality. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of is, you know. It shot very well. Uh, we adjusted the sight a little bit for 60 yards. I'm not exactly sure where you had the sight adjusted to, but our normal shooting... I, I had actually given up on the buckhorn sight on that altogether. <laughs> oh, I forgot you didn't like that. You're like, no. I don't know where the hell this thing's shooting. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and I'm furthering my enjoyment of red dot sights, so yeah. Well, we adjusted it for uh, 60 yards, and then we shot at 50 yards, basically. Uh, so it was a little over-adjusted, and then we shot at 50 yards, and it was perfectly fine. I mean, we were we were uh, snapping things off, and it was it was really great. It's it shoots just as straight as can be. I mean, it's oh yeah. I mean, it's wildly accurate. It's well, you know, it handles well. It doesn't hardly care, as you know. Uh, it was it was just a pleasure to shoot, and I understand why everybody was excited about Henry's. But, you know, what's funny is I told everybody I was getting a Henry, and what do you think the first question, a Henry lever action, what do you think their first question was when I told them I was getting a Henry? What caliber? It, is it one of the ones with a side gate? Ah. That's all anybody well, the, the, cared about. Well, see, that's the, but see, that's the big thing. And even then, you know, it's what drove me to replace mine is that Henry had never really put side gates on their modern lever-action firearms. No. Um, until they came out with the uh, the X models, the polymer ones, and the main thing that everybody went apeshit with those was the fact that they had a side gate. So <laughs> Henry, obviously being a quality firearm manufacturer who likes to listen to their... Um, customer base uh, decided maybe we should start building the other ones with side gates as well. Well, it is all anybody can talk about. It really is. It's it's not a well. It, it, as I said, it's it's not uh, uh, understating it to say that the Henry community, the people who go after these rifles, went ape shit when they figured out that Henry was going to start building them with side gates. <laughs> um, if you if you remember correctly, because we talked about it, it literally crashed the henry website within the first 15 minutes that it was announced yeah and and i get why people are excited you know because it's it's now offering uh, for all intents and purposes a quote-unquote 
modern loading feature that Henry had not had before, and it was the quality of a Henry. So they got all the stuff that they wanted in a Winchester or a Marlin now in a Henry, plus all the cool Henry stuff. And I totally get it. I just don't know why people are dumping them like crazy. Like I, I, I went to, uh, I was talking with somebody, and they're like, oh, it's not one of the ones with the side gate. I'm like, yeah, but it's a freaking Henry, dude. Look at this. And now he did come out to shoot it. And he's like, wow, that shoots really well. You know, I'm like, uh, yeah. Just wish it had a side gate. Not to say that either one of us has not fallen prey to this before. Hell, you know, the moment my father looked at me and said, you know, that's not how John Wayne loaded his, was the moment I dedicated myself to finding the one with the side gate. So it's not like outside opinions haven't pushed either of us before. But So here's my question for you. At the end of the day, does it matter to you that it doesn't have a side gate? You know, it doesn't at all. I am used to shooting. First of all, I have one with side gate. And to me, it wasn't that big a deal. One, two, I am also, and, and maybe this is part of it. I normally buy and restore older guns anyway that don't have all the modern features. And I find that interesting. Right. Oh, how do you load it? Oh, it's got a weird safety. You know, it's oh, it's you know, it's got this or that. And I always find that interesting. That's the quirky stuff I'm normally looking for. I've just I don't think ever been in the market when something like the like when a paradigm shift like that happened and people started dumping them. Normally, I'm 30 or 40 years after the fact and people go, oh, it's not the the good one or it's not this. And it's like <laughs> 200 bucks cheaper, you know. Uh, this is the same kind of thing, only I didn't know it happened all at once, you know? Uh, so, like, when when those newer uh, generations come out and you're like, oh, okay, this is now the new thing, but there's, there's nothing, you know, and oftentimes, there's nothing wrong with the one that came before it. It's just the new one has some better feature or is, is better in some way, but there's still nothing wrong with the old one. And... Uh, to me, that's kind of the case here. It was basically a brand new rifle. You probably have less than a couple hundred rounds through the damn thing total. Yeah. Uh, I, I may not actually even have quite. Uh, I have about 150 rounds through it. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's nothing. You know, <laughs> Unless you're talking like a 28 Nosler or something like that, where the, yeah. the whole rifle has, you know, 800 thousand rounds through it before you have to replace the barrel right you know like the the life of the barrel is not very long this is not the case here you know this is no this is a for this is a pistol round and a rifle it'll last for a while and it's a henry on top of that so 100 rounds through this thing is pretty much nothing so to me it was effectively a new gun i think you got i think it's 2020 is when you bought that thing new yeah uh, so it's only a year old. It's had a hundred rounds through it, and I got it for a, a price we both were happy with. So I was like, "Okay, <laughs> it's it's fantastic," and uh, we enjoyed the hell out of shooting it. Uh, everybody who touched it loved it. Um, I could tell uh, Buana was like, hmm, "Maybe I should have gone in on this," but <laughs> but that's okay, you know. Like I I got it now. Uh, so uh, so that happened, and I, I got home that day, and I went, hmm, 
I don't. I, I have to. I, I if I know where you're going with your other purchase, is this correct? Uh, well, yeah, in a way. Okay, so 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 I, I'm gonna set this up a little bit just to see how far you went with that one. Okay. Last time you and I spoke, you were talking about acquiring a nine millimeter pistol. Yes, I was. And you, but what you were talking about purchasing was an inexpensive used. Taurus G3C for a couple hundred bucks. Uh, yes, I, I was talking about that, yes. I get the impression from what you've said to me that you went the other way. Well, yeah. Uh, there's... Okay, well, l- 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 let me start with the same guesstimation that I did before. The only okay. information you sent me was a picture of the Beretta symbol. Yes. Okay. Now, we've talked shotguns before, but you just you said pistol. Yes. So, and you also kind of went <laughs> about price. Yeah, a little bit. So, you got one of two things. Either A, you went for the PX4 Storm that we've talked about a few times, but you went with the combat carry tactical version of it, which I don't think is you. Or you bought the classic M92 from uh, Lethal Weapon. True. What are you, Perry Mason or something? Holy crap, dude. <laughs> uh, absolutely true. Uh, yes. Uh, dead on uh, on the money. I got home and I went, I don't need two forty four <laughs> caliber pistol round rifles. And Hen- oh, did you get rid of the Marlin already? The Henry was, you know, obviously <laughs> the one I was going to keep. So uh, I went... <laughs> I had gone previous to this week, I had gone to shoot at a buddy of mine's range, and he shoots a lot of uh, the police ranges and all that kind of stuff, and uh, I always said I was interested in a 9mm, because I don't currently own one. Shannon stole the one I was going to use, uh, which was the Walther, and I had given the old Glock that uh, I didn't really like to my dad, who loves it, and I didn't own a 9mm. And I was looking for something, and I thought, you know, I don't have a lot of money here. I'll just do the G3 Taurus. And I went to shoot a bunch of 9mm automatics, as you do to to kind of do your research and find out, okay, I like this, but can I shoot it? And uh, I found several things. One, you were absolutely correct on the uh, shields. I don't like the trigger. Um, They are better than they were, because I shot a uh, Gen... One in a gen, whatever the newest one is, and there's a well, mark- there's the there's the gen one, there's the M two point oh, and now there's the plus. Okay, I did the gen one and the two point oh. I didn't shoot okay. a plus, uh, but because that's all they had, and then I shot the uh, new uh, Walther PDP. They had one. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Go back. How did we enjoy that? I loved everything about the gun, except it's really snappy when it okay. shoots. Uh, and a little too much for me. It's it's uh, The trigger's just butter. Okay, don't get me wrong. The trigger's oh, butter. That, yeah, the no. slide is great. Yeah, the slide is great, but it, it kind of pops a little bit for me. And that's, and that's funny, because I just watched a video between that and one of the firearms I'm looking for. And that was actually the comment that was made, that it was just a little bit more snappy than was expected. I, I really 
thought it would be a little bit more well behaved than that. And maybe it was just the model I had because I had basically the full frame, you know, with the whole back strap on it and the whole thing and everything. I really thought I'd be able to hold on to it. And I just, I, it was, it was popping a little bit for me and I started to ride high and I didn't, I, 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 there were other guns there that just didn't have that problem. I shot a Glock, still hate them. I, I, I know it's bad. I know I shouldn't be like that, but I was just like, I, I hate that. You know, sort of like Data in uh, Next Generation when, she, you know, Guyna was giving him stuff. Hey, how do you like it? I hate this. This is, yeah. Um, Would you like another box of ammo? Yes, yes please. please. Uh, I hate this. So, yeah, I didn't like the Glock and everything, but there were a couple of things that stood out. One, the G3 is a fine gun, and I shot it well. But the thing I kept holding the pattern with the best out of everything, even though it was kind of a cliche and it was kind of like I, I didn't have the money for it anyway, but the thing I held the best pattern with was the stupid-ass Beretta that this guy keep putting in my hand. And he's like, look, I, I, you shoot this better than anything else here. Like, why don't you take a look at this again? So I was like, yeah, but I don't have the money for that. So... I went on about my business, and I was going to get the G3, which I held a very decent pattern with and and was going to move forward. Well, because the Henry worked out so well, I didn't feel the need for the Marlin to hang around, so I trucked down to Shields uh, earlier this morning as we recorded this podcast. <laughs> And I uh, said, hey, how much you give me for this? And they're like, okay, I don't know. Let me take it to the guy in the back. And the guy in the back goes, why are you getting rid of this? Said, well, he goes, there's nothing wrong with it. And this is of a vintage that it's actually kind of hard to find right now. Actually, they're going rather expensive, especially with the Marlins, since they're still not making them again. Right. And he's like, it's kind of hard to find one of these right now. Like, what? What are you looking to get? And I'm like, actually, I'm looking to take the sting out of a pistol, to be honest. You know, just kind of like, what can you do for me? He goes, well, I'll give you 75% of what I'm going to put it on the wall for. How's Which is actually probably a lot. Yeah. He's like, how's 500 bucks sound? I'm like, are you putting it on the wall for 500 bucks? He goes, no, that's what I'm going to give you. And I'm like, I'll be shopping for my pistol now. Um (laughs) So I went around the racks and everything. I'm like, well, and the G3 just went right out the window. Because I was like, well, I don't need money back. Like, how much gun could I get for this? So sitting on the uh, racks of the pre-owns, so I went right to the pre-owns because that's what you do, right? Like, you and I both do this. Like, how much mm-hmm. gun can I get for this trade-in? <laughs> and sitting there was a 2021 Beretta 92FS. Nine millimeter. Oh. And it was marked four ninety nine. Pre owned. <laughs> Put it in the box. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, just so we're clear, I'm like, Can I see that? You know, and he's like, Oh sure, you know. And uh I'm like, What's this thing's story? Because it was marked with the same tag like uh and y- you know how this kind of goes. So, like if you buy a gun that came back and it was originally sold there, it'll still have the same, it'll have different markings and the tags and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was the same kind of deal that we, you've seen many times before. He goes, yeah, a guy bought it for his wife. He didn't have it for a week and brought it back. Uh, she couldn't hold it. She couldn't hold on to it. She couldn't grip it. She couldn't work the safety. Like, it was just a yeah, miserable. No, that, 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 that's not what I would have gone for for somebody's wife. Yeah, exactly. Like, he bought it because he wanted it, and she was like, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> And 
I mean, it's a, it's basically a service weapon. I mean, it's a military grade service weapon. I mean, I know that, I know that the, uh, the, the military version is the M9, I think it's the M9, right? Yeah. And, uh, the, the civilian version is the 92, right? Um, there's not that much difference between the two. No, there's not. There's, there's I mean, it's, very it's little. Kind of, it's, it's kind of like saying that the SIG P320 is a civilian version and the M17 is the uh, military version. And there is no difference between the two. <laughs> yeah, there is zero the, difference. The yeah. only difference between the two is the color. Right. And this one was 2021. It's probably had like a box of ammunition through it. Maybe. Maybe. And uh, I, uh, it, it had, I mean, I checked it. It's it, it hasn't really even been shot. You know, I mean, like it's got no marks on it, no anything. And it was sitting there for five hundred bucks. And I'm like, what's the deal with this? He goes, well, we can't sell it as new. And and because of the new SIGs out right now, and the military isn't using this anymore, and and civilians have kind of moved on because the military isn't using it. And they're like, oh, it's not the U.S. military weapon. You know, it's it's they've moved on to the SIGs and. We're not moving them as hot as we used to. And I just, I looked at that and went, well, I shoot great groupings with this, so let's do that. And so the guy came back, and he's like, okay, look, we're going to do $500 for this and $500 for this. You don't owe us any money. Yeah, just fill out some paperwork and call it a day. Yeah, so that's what I did. I I swapped straight a uh, Marlin lever action for a Beretta 92FS. And I was dumbstruck, you know, because I guess about three, two or three years ago when we got that Marlin, you couldn't give them away. You know, they no, were because they were everywhere. Yeah, they were everywhere. They weren't valuable. Uh, they didn't like they weren't in demand. Everybody kind of had one uh, who wanted one. And and the thing is, is, is a Marlin 3030 is going for like fifteen hundred bucks yeah. on Gunbroker right now. Yeah. That's the one my dad has. He's got the Marlin 3030. And he's like, son, I, I couldn't sell. I couldn't replace it. I, could, I couldn't get another one right now. Now, that will, I think that will change once they start manufacturing again. Uh, it's at some point, but. But you got a couple of years. It actually was one of the topics. Yeah, it was one of the topics that I was going to bring up because it's really funny. I've been trying. Uh, I, I did a couple of switching around to firearms. As I do. Sure. Um, and uh, one of the things I've been looking for, because um, as we talked about the 1911 I had, I traded in towards, I don't even remember at this point. <laughs> um, I had a whole bunch of 45 ammo, and I so I decided I'd really like a 45, but I don't want a 1911, and I don't want something tiny that's going to beat the shit out of me. Fair. That's fair. But you know how hard it is to find a semi-automatic 45 that's not a 1911 right now? Uh, Everything's 9mm. Uh, honestly, I can't think of one. <laughs> I, was, I was trying desperately to find like a SIG 320 in 45 or a SIG uh, P220 or 227 in 45, which is the hammer fire version of their, like the, two, the 229 um, that's in 45. Uh, I also tried finding a CZ in 45, and I can't find one. What the hell, man? Now, in the in the process of, of looking for this, what all of a sudden started to occur to me when you start looking at what's been coming out from the different manufacturers, 
um, they're focusing on building carry firearms or duty firearms, not which is basically all nine millimeter. Wow. Most of the SIGs you see out there right now are the 365s and the various models. Yeah. Most no, I mean, the, I'm trying to think, and that's all most, I've seen. Most of the Smith & Wessons you see out there are the um, either the duty version of the M&P9 or the new shields. Yeah. No, that's that's all you – now, sometimes you'll see the, the duty versions, which are a great deal more uh, hefty. Yes, and then, but even then, if you look at the Glocks, um, you've got the duty version of the Glock 19 or the Glock 17, or you've got the Glock 43s out there. That's really about it. Wow. Yeah. No, I I'm trying to think, and it's there's and not so, a whole lot. And that's what they've been manufacturing. So that's what you're gonna get, really. It, yeah. So I put my concept of buying a 45 on hold. But uh, in the process, I actually kind of came across the new version of the SIG P320 that came out there, and I am now going out of my mind coveting the hell out of this, <laughs> which is the AXG model, which is they, in keeping with their older versions of the Six Hours, the 229s, the 226s, is they finally built a metal frame for a P320. So it's a metal frame striker fire firearm. Oh no, it's like Jake Kryptonite. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, but a a reviewer who generally hates striker fire firearms reviewed this thing and went, "It's I I I love it. It's now my new favorite gun." Oh no, which means so, Jake is gonna have one. <laughs> yes, it is. Now, now, just to show you how twisted I already am and how far I've already gone, because, uh, you know, okay, my general saga is on AIM, as we've talked about before, and my failing getting older eyes. And I had been talking about doing red dot sights for a while for pistols and had kind of come up with a compromise, which is those little me pro light single dot sights for the back, which is basically a poor man's red dot. Sure. And, and they did pretty well for me, but as we talked about last time or a time or two ago, I had accident actually in a process of just doing some exchanging of stuff, come up with the P365 XL that had a red dot sight on it. And the day that I had taken my father to teach him how to shoot the 320, I took that one with me and zeroed out the red dot. And uh, I loved it. <laughs> so I went back to the gun store and found the P365. X, which is the smaller version with the red dot on it, and said, I've got this Shield Plus that I bought that I shouldn't have, and it's been sitting here looking at me, and I've been waiting for an excuse to bring it back to you guys. What if I trade it in towards this? And they went, yeah, about that. Nobody likes the Shield Pluses. They've been coming back. We've got too many of them. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so it's like, we'll take it back, but we can't give you anywhere near what you what you want for it. And I went, shit. <laughs> so 
I added to the mix my other 365, the SAS version of it with the little uh, not the SAS. Yes, I did. Oh no! No, did you? Uh, so so, so have, two, you're two guns I, in now. So I still, yeah, and now I have. <laughs> it, it is different versions of the same damn firearm. <laughs> God, dude. <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh, no. So the sickness is awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. Yeah, it kind of is. And the worst part about it is now I'm looking, now that I'm seeing the, the 320 uh, AXG out there, I'm looking at my 229 going, how much do I like you? Ah, uh, you suddenly look expendable to me. <laughs> yeah, I do the same thing. Well, I already did the same thing because Henry freed up the Marlin, and the Marlin was like, "How much can we get for a pistol?" You know, I just I I was amazed I got it for for because Shields has such a a excellent trade in policy. I, I mean, I swapped basically. I I and they're gonna make a ton more on it. I mean, I bet you they'll keep it for a little while and then wait for the price to go up and then just put the damn thing on the shelf. Uh, or on the wall and make a killing on it, which they're welcome to do, you know, but I couldn't believe I walked in with a gun and walked out with a gun and never touched my wallet, you know? Uh-huh. That was, that was crazy. And, uh, uh, although I did, <laughs> I did look at the six, you know, the, the, um, what is it, the six seventeen? The M17. Yeah, the M17. I did look yeah. at it and it's, Beautiful. <laughs> um, well, the, the 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 question is, and um, you know, for the 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 firearms that I carry, both of which are, are P through sixty fives, still, um, I generally go for a polymer firearm, just because it's easier and more comfortable to carry. Sure. But for my larger firearm, what I finally decided is is that I really do like the metal frame. There's nothing wrong with that. It, no, not only that, it, it tends to take some of the snap out of everything. It really does, yeah. Everybody was explaining to me that there was no demand for the Berettas anymore, uh, especially the 92s, that, uh, you know, the the whole the whole SIG M17 stuff. The Beretta 92 has kind of come into being now a niche market. It really has. It was super mainstream for a very long time. God, I mean, it's been around in the military basically since I've been alive. I mean, I think it started service in like the mid '70s somewhere, and yeah, it took over from the 1911. Yeah, and so that's like 40 years they stuck with that pistol. So it was mainstream in the military for four, 40 years, and it was it's it has a huge aftermarket, or yes. had. Uh, it has a huge, well-followed acceptance. Everybody knows how to work on them. They're they're well-refined because they had to be. They were a military gun. Uh, they were, you could find parts for them, and they were reasonably, as you had said, reasonably similar or almost almost exactly like the military. The civilian version was almost exactly like the military version. So... And the main thing that got them switched over to the Sig Sauer when the decision-making process came was the interchangeability of it. Right. And so the M17 has just kind of swapped ends with the, the poor Beretta, and the Berettas have just sort of fallen out of favor. And you can find where you used to not be able to touch one for seven, 
you know, maybe a used one was six fifty. Brand brand spanking new, they're going for about six ninety nine at the moment. Right, about seven hundred bucks, and I'm like. That's too much, you know. I wasn't, and I wasn't gonna buy that. I mean, if I was gonna do seven hundred bucks, I'd look at an M17, you know, uh, which is a little more than that, depending on how you uh, how you outfit it and everything like that. But still, it's a lot more modern gun, and a lot more can be done with it. However, you drop that sucker down to five hundred bucks, okay? You know, I have zero problem with that at $500 for a brand spanking new. I looked up the serial number, and of course I didn't have to because it says IT21, so it's <laughs> Italy made in 1921, or uh, uh, 2021. So it's it's a brand new 2021-92, and I'm like, I'm really not seeing why I can't just flat out straight trade for this pistol. <laughs> like I like it. I shoot. I know I shoot it well. It's It's... For all intents and purposes, brand new. But the only reason I brought that home instead of an M17 is they... Not only is the M17 very configurable, it's also, at the moment, pretty expensive. Because everyone wants one, at least down here in Texas. Uh, yeah, and I mean, the the 320 is... it's And it's quickly overtaking the Glock. As far as being the more popular of the compact size carry yeah. firearms. And, and I keep saying M17. M17 is the military designation, hence military 17. Yeah, it's the, the, the P320, P320 is, is, is yeah. the civilian version of it. However, I am really struggling to find differences between them. <laughs> I, there's not much. I mean, the, the one what it makes it to be specifically an M17 is the Coyote color. Yeah. Uh, the slide cut for the Leopold um, optic. It has to have a safety on it, and that's really about it. But Other than that, it's you could configure a P320 in the exact same fashion. I was going to say, because I know the P320 comes in Coyote because I've seen one. Yeah. Uh, and it, it was clearly stamped P320. I, I had it in my hand today, and it was a coyote. Now, as far as some of the other differences, I'm not sure, but I know about the color because I, I had one of those in my hand. Um, the only problem with that is they're not cheap. Um, no. And, and they don't have to come down on the price right now. No, uh, they don't. They're, the one I saw was 679 and, Yeah, that's about right. And that was, I mean, and... and don't get me wrong. It was a fantastically looking, a fantastic looking gun. <laughs> I mean, I, I was like, mm, this is really nice, but I'd have to spend money on it, and I don't want to do that. Uh, but I mean, it has all the modern stuff on it. I mean, it has a, a great sighting system. It has a, and you know, a Picatinny rail under it for a flashlight or whatever. I, I don't know if it has the stuff for the optics, but uh, you would probably. And, know. and 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 the nice thing about the P320s is that even if it doesn't have a thing for the optics, you can dovetail out the uh, back sight and put a plate in. Oh, right on. An optic. There yeah. you go. And and it was it was a really nice gun, but it was like $179 more than I had, which is 500 bucks. So for 500, <laughs> I got a 90. Now I've got the uh, 92FS, uh, whatever it is, 300M. And the M designation, as far as I can tell, the only difference is is the magazine holds 15 rounds, whereas the regular... Oh, darn. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was like, huh, look at that. I'd, I wouldn't have cared. I mean, I'd have taken 10, but 15's great, you know, whatever. So this one is a 15-round 9mm 
Beretta. And, and the Beretta makes a beautiful precision handgun. It really does. I mean, it's I'm as accurate as I am, which I'll be honest is not a high bar. <laughs> but as accurate as I can shoot with a pistol, I have done with this particular Beretta. Now, I think the one I was shooting was a 10-round. In fact, I'm sure the one I was shooting was a 10-round, not a 15-round. But that shouldn't make much of a difference other than a little bit of weight. But still, that should A shouldn't, little bit of weight isn't a bad thing. No, it shouldn't affect the, the performance or the, the accuracy of the firearm with five extra bullets in it. Uh, so that did not bother me at all. Now, the one thing I will tell you, and it is the one downside to that firearm, is especially concerning the fact that you live in Texas. Uh, the open barrel uh, system that that firearm has is you are going to have to keep it clean. That does not bother me at all. Oh, I didn't, I didn't think it would. I know you kicking your stuff, your toys home and cleaning them is part of the fun. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, like, like over cleaning almost it's it's like i i'll put three rounds through it and be like oh it's time to clean it now you know like that's all i shot it i didn't even put a full mag through it it's like oh well it's time to clean it it's been fired let's clean it absolutely so that doesn't bother me at all and and the uh the the guy i was shooting with who is a firearms instructor for a local municipality around here um, big municipality, but uh, he was like, look, the only, and he was saying that, he's like, the only downside is, is you got to clean your weapon. It's not like a, a Glock or a FN or, you know, a SIG or something like that where all that stuff is closed. You've got an open kind of carriage on the top of the barrel and schmutz will get in there and you need yes. to regularly clean that. I would not recommend you you get that super dirty or muddy or, or anything like that. And I'm like, well, considering what I'm going to be using it for, it'll either be in a holster or in a box. So I'm not worried about that. Now, if you're using it at the ranch or using it for home defense or personal protection or something like that, and it just stays in a holster and, and uh, walking around in, in uh, you know public areas and stuff like that, I'm significantly less worried about it. But, you know, don't take it to a sandbox. Don't take it to the jungle. Check. Uh, (laughs) Bring something else. You know, bring the Walther. That is absolutely, you know, it's like, yep, got it. But uh, as far as a a fantastically well-behaved and well-shooting firearm, I really can't hold a group with anything better than this. Is it the best-looking gun? No, I don't actually happen to think it's the best-looking gun. Um, I do like the fact now that people are not so enamored with them that they're becoming, like you said, more niche and more like, oh, that's a great old gun. I love that because that's kind of my jam <laughs> as far as that goes. Uh, oh, and that, But that's really what it comes down to. The, what the Beretta has always been very, very good at is as a precision 9mm firearm. So the people who are still going out and buying them are the ones that with a handgun want to try to figure out whether or not they can keep a inch group at 60 yards. And, and what I'm really looking for is is like a all inside the black center or, you know, all inside the center piece at 15 yards, you know, 20 yards, something like that, which with this particular firearm I can do. So I was like, wow, that's amazingly well behaved in the. The guy, John, leans over and he goes, it's a Beretta, dumbass. It's made <laughs> to do this. That's all it does. <laughs> like, 
Right. Okay. Yeah. I probably should. He goes, there's a reason the military use it. It's particularly precise. You know, he goes, uh, and he told me the same thing. He goes, now they suck in the desert. <laughs> like, yeah. It. I mean, it, it, actually, the first desert storm was one of the reasons why they started looking for a new sidearm was when they, uh, they took the Berettas out there into the desert and realized that Beretta and sand don't mix as well as they would like. Yeah. Uh, it's just not uh, not one of those things. I it's uh, I can see why you know like a modern uh, firearm is you know like the P320 uh, and and stuff like that is a better weapon for kind of an all around environmental thing. I mean it's well, it, well I mean I've seen people do torture tests with a 320 where they will literally like cake them with mud and still have them be functional. And that's kind of what they were going for. You know, it would have been funny. I, I know it can't happen in real life. <laughs> but if they'd have done the same thing with the Yeet Cannon and went, our new selection for the military is the Yeet Cannon! We can't make the damn thing stop shooting! <laughs> and suddenly, here's Yeet going, yay! <laughs> and I can just and I can just picture some drill sergeant or, or looking at a private who's going, sir, why the hell do we have these in here? Looking, going, son, that is a perfectly good club. You can bludgeon somebody <laughs> yeah, exactly. when it runs out of ammo. <laughs> oh, and it would definitely uh, take care of the um, World War II vet I ran. No, his Korean War vet I ran into who uh, was uh, talking about his 1911 when I brought up the 320. Told me you can't pistol whip somebody with plastic. <laughs> Yeah, that that you can and you can you can, yo, Yeah, actually, you might be able to. You know, with that thing, yeah, it's still. I still want one, I, and I want the Gen One one. You know, the ugly one. I want that one. I can tell you where to find one right now. Really? Uh huh. Oh no! Tell uh-huh. me it's not Gunbroker. No, Sportsman'sGuide.com. You're kidding me. Hold on. That's serious. Hold on. Sportsman, uh, unless unless somebody sold it within the last twenty four hours, because I was yesterday looking for that forty five and I couldn't find it. <laughs> Sportsman's yeah. guide. This the C nine. C nine. Oh, there it is. Yeah. See. <laughs> Currently sold out. Ah, oh, bastards. Yep. You know what the funny part about it is? That means somebody friggin' bought them in the past twenty four hours. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I just think that's neat. I mean, it's big and it's ugly and it's you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> See, I I still want the new one just because it's got those couple of extra features that you can just soup it up enough to, to have somebody desperately look at you and go, why? <laughs> Now, I don't know if they'll ever get a chance to come out with it at this point, but what they were advertising was somebody that had a threaded barrel. Why would you need a threaded barrel on that? I, you know, you know, it had front and rear slide serrations. Not only that, but it not not just having a slide cut or something like that. It literally had a Picatinny rail on the top of it. So you could put like a AR style red dot on the sucker. <laughs> so I'm thinking the thing needs a compensator. Needs a big ass scope. <laughs> you know, uh, come September, that's going to be legal in Texas. You're allowed to have suppressors if it's Texas made, and you are a Texas citizen. So you have a Texas issued ID, and it's a Texas made suppressor. 
Come September 1st, you were allowed to have a suppressor without a license or anything like that. Yeah, I was talking more like compensator than suppressor. Yeah, that's uh, on a yeet cannon that it'd look amazing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why do you have that? Why not? It's my yeet. Why don't you? Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. Like everybody's. This. Yeah. This is the future. Everyone should have one of these. <laughs> and when and, and when both of us are out of ammo, I'm still armed. <laughs> exactly. Turn this thing right around and make a tomahawk. It'll be great. <laughs> I can bludgeon you to death with this thing. Yeah. I mean, I I think it's great. I love that gun. Um, <laughs> I, I will eventually own one. I haven't seen. I should have picked one up at a show. Because I saw them. I mean, they were around. I haven't seen one recently, and, though. And, and, and if it's aftermarket at a show, it can't cost you more than like 150 bucks. Oh, you most. wouldn't think. You wouldn't think. I mean, seriously. What are they going to do with it? You know? <laughs> Who's buying that? You know, nobody's panic buying a yeet cannon. Uh, so, I, yeah, I would totally I would totally do one of those. But I, I uh, for this, um, surprisingly enough, Shields did not have a yeet cannon. <laughs> um, I just, they just, I did ask. I was like a couple of months ago. I'm like, do you have a yeet cannon? And the guy looks at me like he was all affronted. No, <laughs> we don't carry that here. <laughs> it's a fantastic gun, you know. You, they, they throw it in the mud. They've, I've seen the videos. We don't carry that here. <laughs> You know, he was affronted his place of style and, you know, class. His establishment would not carry such a... a... Pedestrian Yeah, fire. exactly. It's <laughs> a proletarian piece of bullshit. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was not... No, they weren't going to carry that. But uh, I... I, I can't hate the thing. I mean, I think it's cool, and I love it's odd-looking, and I love that nobody likes it, and it does its job as well as everything else. I love that. I mean, it's the same reason I like the Taurus stuff. It's cheap, and it does all the same things that the more expensive ones do. Uh-huh. But I uh, I could not pass up. Well, you know, once I got the Henry, which is excellence, by the way, you are absolutely correct, and it's worth every penny uh, I paid for it. And I'm sure yours with the side gate is worth every penny you put into it. Uh, it's, it's an amazingly well done rifle. Um, I was surprised to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I do need the, the 30, 30 now at some point, but I'm, I'm waiting for that one. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm, the reason why I'm waiting is actually not because I'm actually a patient human being, which we both know I'm not. Yeah, me um, neither. Uh, <laughs> I am the opposite of those things. <laughs> is because for some reason I've got it in my head that the thirty thirty shouldn't be a Henry; it should be a Marlin. Well, I'll tell so, you. So, uh, so I'm waiting for the 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 three thirty six um, Big Loop, which is kind of like their carbine version of the thirty thirty. Yeah, uh, I love the Big Loop version of the forty four. I think it's great. It is like a cowboy gun. You do all kinds of cool cowboy stuff with it, and it is super fun. Uh, I'll be honest; it is it is more fun than I've had with a rifle in a while. Uh, the The addition of the side gate, I mean, I guess that's great, but it just wasn't that important to me. The, the part that I that's just insane to me and Bona, and we were talking about this the other day, is that the Marlin thirty thirty that Bona I sold to Bona, I don't know 
three, four years ago. Uh, basically, when we first started this cast is when we were kind of doing the rifle stuff, and he, we had he gotten could, he, he could put that on Gunbroker for fifteen hundred bucks right now. Yeah, and, and 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 get it, and they weren't worth anything then. You couldn't. I mean, you could buy one for like two hundred seventy-five bucks down here. I mean, it wasn't like everybody. Nobody wanted a thirty thirty, and I because everybody was looking for high powered well, stuff and and all well, that. The, the other thing is, is you got a couple of other things going on right now. First of all, a lot of the lever action stuff is going pretty quickly because there's the question out there as to whether or not you'll be able to purchase and or even own a semi-automatic rifle in the next year or so. Right. Um, thanks Uncle Joe. Yeah. Um, the other part about that is, is that when you start thinking of it in the, I I think the term they use for it is boogaloo, uh, concept these days of end of the world, zombie apocalypse, whatever you want to call it. Sure. Um, as much as if you need something right now, an AR is probably going to dump a whole lot more ammo downrange for you much, much faster. If you're looking for something that's going to still be functioning 10 years from now at the end of the world, that Henry is going to be there for you. That AR is probably not. <laughs> so I, I already know. I mean, look, my AR pistol gets strapped to my front if I go out the door in the zombie apocalypse. But my Henry is going to be on my back because that's the one that's going to be there 10 years later. Yeah, I mean the the they're just quality guns, but I I was very surprised. I was very surprised that everybody's like chasing the the thirty thirties in in that caliber. Like I understand everybody's chasing Marlin right now because Marlins are hard to find, right? Because they're not making them right well, now. Well, even then, even Henry, all of a sudden, in the process of their new uh, models, went shit. Maybe we should offer a thirty thirty. Very true. And, I, and, yeah, it's that caliber. Like, that caliber is coming back, and I don't understand it. Like, why? Uh, here's a Marlin uh, 336 uh, W30 in 3030 starting bid. Not the winning bid. The starting bid is 825 You could have bought that gun all day long three, four years ago for 300 bucks. I know. Uh, we did. Uh, and it's actually even going faster than that because when I first started getting into and I didn't have the actual cash, not only that, but I couldn't justify it because I was basically getting guns for only spending my time at the uh, gun store at the time. So I couldn't justify spending cash for one. But when I was first started looking at them on Gunbroker, when I was working at the store back when I was laid off, they were going for five, six hundred bucks. Wow. That's how fast they've gone up in price. Yeah, I mean, people are just snapping these things up, like left, right, and backwards. And I just, I don't, I mean, I, I understand it because of the fear that, that Uncle Joe's going to go out there and grab all the semi-automatics. Now, I don't think he's going to get that far. I think he is going to grab the, quote-unquote, black rifles. I think he's going to do a lot of that. I, I don't think he's going to get away with grabbing them. I think he may get away with them continuing to sell them. Or he may get, yeah, yeah, not continuing to sell them, it would mean? Yes. So yeah. not, they're not going to be available for sale anymore, but they'll probably, if you already Grandfather them. Yeah. Yeah. Because if they think they can turn several million uh, American citizens into felons overnight. 
Well, and the, yeah. the yeah, and the Supreme Court already ruled that they can't come in and get them without a warrant. Yes. So that is already off the table. So now you're into what? How far can we go? And I think the best he can do is making the sale of them currently illegal and just grandfathering all the other ones, so that they would become. Yeah. At that point, a great deal more valuable because you won't be able to legally purchase one again. Uh, exactly. And and that may be where they're headed. I mean, which is why, like, every time you walk into any gun shop, everybody is buying, you know, a, a black rifle hand over fist right now. I mean, and it's actually also really humorous to some extent when you start looking at some of the various states with their laws with regards to. Um, firearms and uh, being the fact of how they classify them because it, it caught my father off guard. Um, it, it's technically legal for me to have simply given him the 320 that I gave him, uh, being the fact that it's son to father. Right. Um, however, just because of how things are crazy now, I still made him go through the transfer process just because I didn't want somebody to look at him later on and go, no, and him be in trouble. Right. Um, and it really caught him off guard because in the state of Maryland, in order to purchase a handgun, you have to go through a training process, get a license to own a handgun, and then even go through a two-week waiting period from when you go to purchase the handgun or fill out the paperwork before you can take it home with you. Wow. However... He was looking on the wall at, at a $1,500 AR and just asked the guy out of curiosity what it would take for him to take that one home. And his response was, oh, no, you can take that one home today <laughs> because it's just classified as a long gun. Sure. You know, sure. In, in Maryland, the difference is between handguns and long guns. And if you wanted a long gun, you could go home with that one today. That's amazing to me. Like the just the the stupidity you know like really this this is how we got here like like that that's the line okay you know like uh, here in the state of texas you can ship a long gun to somebody in, t in the state of texas i happen to know and, this so do you and and we have and we have uh <laughs> legally no problem everything's on the up and up everything's fine you can ship a shotgun or a rifle in texas Okay, FedEx it. We know. Ask us how we know. Perfectly legal. Okay, <laughs> We've done it. You cannot do the same thing with a pistol. No. You cannot ship now. Which one of those? Now, to me, and that's just to me, and maybe not. I'm not a dangerous criminal, and I, I don't understand like the the realities that these intelligent ruling class politicians do. To me, the rifle and the shotgun seem eminently more dangerous to have well it depends on the perspective in which you're looking at it a lot of times with the state actual regulations what they're looking at is is what your average everyday criminal is going to want to carry with yeah them. and that's a concealable firearm handgun it's very exactly. yeah it's it's a it's a handgun and i i understand that that is indeed more dangerous because you can put it in a pocket or a you know whatever uh it's really difficult to do that with a shotgun <laughs> Okay, especially the shotguns I buy that have a 26-inch or 32-inch barrel. 
Um, uh, there's no concealing in your pocket. Or are you just happy to see me? Exactly. There's no concealing that it doesn't do that. You know, uh, whereas whereas the federal debate had, tends to go more on mass shootings, which yes. obviously you're going to do much, much more damage with an AR, which holds 30 rounds. Right. And you're now you're getting into your black rifle arguments, right? Yes. And, uh, you know, I, I understand where everybody's sitting with that. I, I really do. I just uh, I and I know that there's there's fear out there and that people are uh, somehow. Um, well, uh, let, let, let's take a thing about how insane people have gotten with regards to the fear, including Uncle Joe. I'm assuming you heard his statement of last week. Oh yeah, the uh the you can't take and I'm paraphrasing here, but you uh you you can't overthrow the government with uh small arms, you'd need F15s and nukes. Yeah. So Which if that's it, the case, why are you afraid, Joe? <laughs> well, I mean, but but uh you know, I don't I know this is probably not what he was attempting to communicate. Um or at least I hope not. Um I I'd like to think there's enough reason left in the man despite the fact that he doesn't know what day of the week it is that He's gonna... he wasn't going here however what he did communicate to a large portion of the american population is that he's willing to nuke you to get your ar-15 away from you yeah or send you know f-15s against the american people uh, <laughs> uh... i mean once again i hope that's not where he was actually going with that with that said that's the way a large group of the American population took it. See, I took it as to to say, like, we, the ruling class, do not have any fear from you, the peasants, because we have better weapons and there's nothing you guys can do about it anyway. And that is the exact sentiment that the Second Amendment was built to guard against, the we can do whatever we want because there's nothing you can do to us anyway. That is scarier to me <laughs> than almost anything else he could have said because I think there are certain portions of our government who actually do believe that. And they're probably oh, I, I, right. I can't argue with that statement. I, I guess where I went with it was more... I uh, think the, the idea of how much political cynicism is in that with the fact of, OK, well, you can't really hurt us with your AR-15s, but, but politically speaking, they're bad. So we're going to take them away from you. Oh, no, that's totally where he was. And that's totally yeah. where he was going. So, I mean, yeah, I think you're absolutely correct. It's just the the amount I, I, I think the urban dwelling citizen of the United States has a large set of blinders on to how the government actually perceives gun ownership in this country. I, I think they would be shocked if they actually found out how the government perceives gun ownership uh, for the average citizen. And it would probably terrify most people because they're, um, yeah. they're, they're really, really not happy. <laughs> I mean, he's, if you listen to the things old uncle Joe says, um, you know, stuff like, uh, yeah, this, uh, what is it? The, the, it wasn't the constitution. It was the bill of rights isn't everything, you know, or whatever it was. I'm like, um, yeah, yeah. I kind of <laughs> like, it's not everything. It was a big chunk of it. It's like in the top three, uncle Joe. 
Um, there's there's some of those. Well, you I mean the. I think we've had this conversation before, but there's a logical fallacy that everybody likes to use in the idea of the Bill of Rights and everything. And it's the analogy that people use of, of shouting fire in a crowded theater. So obviously you are allowed free speech. You're allowed to say whatever you want, but you cannot use words in a way that will cause people physical harm. And I understand that. I get that. And I don't even disagree with that. However, what they're talking about with that with um, with firearms is it's already illegal in the same fashion to use a firearm to harm someone. What they're talking about in the same analogy is making the word fire illegal, and which doesn't work. Well, of course not. I mean, it's and and there are countries who who have gone down this path. Um, where they have de-armed, quote-unquote, de-armed the population. You know, we've gotten one of the only pieces of hate mail we ever got was, was about somebody who took a front to uh, when Jake was saying that it didn't exactly work the, the way they thought it would in Australia, and they got very um, up in arms about it. I will never listen to this show again because obviously it worked great in Australia, and fuck you. <laughs> you know, and both of us just started laughing. You know? It's like, Really? Okay, you know that's not exactly right. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, we look, we'd be willing to have a conversation about it, but I'm pretty sure there's still homicides with firearms in Australia and every other country. It's just that they've, like, England's a fine example. I mean, they're, they're citizens have a, a horrible time trying to own guns, and there's all kinds of, of stuff to try and own them in England and everything like that, and there's still a bunch of homicides. You can kill people with anything. Now, the guns certainly help. Yeah, actually, the, the way I, I heard somebody put it recently is it's an increase in the technology available for causing harm. Um, in the fact of, can you do a mass slaying with a knife? Yes, you can you're not probably going to get quite as many people as if you had a firearm. With that being said, take that same concept, and once again, came from the same argument from the same guy, in which case taking a box cutter onto an airplane gave somebody a technological jump there, in which case it managed to help them kill 3,000 people. Correct, and they never touched a gun. Exactly. Um, in France, a couple of years ago, actually a couple of years after 9-11, that, uh, the psycho with a box van or a box truck mowed down 35 people or 30 people in France, just picked a crowded area, took a cube van, and just ran straight through a crowd, mowed down 30 people, never touched a gun. Uh, uh, you know, the, the worst part about it is, is that if somebody could convince me, no, they can't, but if somebody could actually convince me that if we all gave up our firearms or they made a law saying that we couldn't have them anymore, that overnight violence would end, I'd actually do it if they could convince me. Now, they can't. Now, the reason why they can't is because when you look at every single place in which they in the state in the United States where there are already millions of firearms out there. Every place in which they've tried to make them illegal are some of the most violent places in the entire country. Yeah, and the amount of gun shooting, you know, gun homicide, gun-involved homicides goes down. That is absolutely true. But I would be willing to say, and I would be willing to go in at length 
with anybody else uh, to find the numbers on how many of other types of homicides went up. Right? Oh, no. Actually, the, the, the recent thing that I saw, and it was part of the discussion of being able to make statistics say anything you want them to, was the statistic that said that if you live in an area in which firearms are readily available, uh, you are having a much higher likelihood of dying from gun violence or being a victim of gun violence. However, the, even though in an area in which guns were readily available that you have a higher opportunity of, per, of being a victim of gun violence, you had an overwhelmingly lower victim hood from violence in and of itself and there's something to be said for that you know there's the the simple fact of it is is and uh, you're uh, you've opened that particular pandora's box you your firearms exist and they're going to keep existing because people know how to make them and Uh people know how to make ammunition for it and and if you outlaw completely they'll just make something else similar that is not called a firearm but it will be a firearm. <laughs> you know, um, it, it doesn't really matter. You're going to have these things happen, and it doesn't matter if they're illegal or not. People are the, the criminals are still going to have them because they exist. And and the worst part about it is you're going to have somebody building AR lowers with a 3D printer in their basement. Yeah, which they've already decided they wanted to make illegal, and I think they have in many states. But they're still going to do it. They're still uh-huh. going to do it. What do you? What is your plan, you know, ruling class, to make it safer? And and you look at their gun safety stuff and their gun violence and all that kind of thing, and it's just incredibly insulting to look at them and go, this has no chance of working. But they they tout it like they've solved the problem. Well, and the part is in that the part where I get frustrated is they can't actually define the problem. Well, the the clearest voice of sanity that I ever heard and and I don't know how everybody feels and and like I there's some stuff the dude says that I don't agree with and all that kind of stuff but Mark Robinson when he did his original um I am the majority speech uh now I guess lieutenant governor of North Carolina Mark Robinson was like look what do you think's going to happen you know you you make the rule I follow the law I come in turn my guns in because I follow the law what do you think is going to happen when the criminals get that same message? Do you think they're going to turn on their guns? No. They're going to hold on to them, and they're going to shoot me with them. As uh-huh. long as that's going to happen, I'm not giving you my damn guns. <laughs> it's, not, it's not happening. Like, what makes you think you're creating? And that's always the problem. And I am sorry to get all, like, political and stuff, guys. But the, the what makes you think you're making a safer place when you, you take some of them? You know, the only people you're going to get is the law-abiding citizens Uh and and stripping us, which is probably their plan anyway. If you want to take it to its most cynical outcome, what you start thinking about is the idea of the chaos that that will create is exactly what, quote-unquote, they want. Now, as I said, I know that's the most cynical outcome that you could possibly come up with, and it's probably... Hopefully, not a hundred percent accurate. I'm sure there's somebody up there going hmm and twisting their mustache, but um, the, that is the most cynical outcome. That what they're looking for is the chaos that that would create, and the ability to then take more power for themselves. 
Well, and not to be too uh, theorist here, <laughs> uh, and if we ever start our other cast, it'll be even worse than this. But but just to just to float it out, right? Like we've we've already seen that the media is disgustingly bought, especially mainstream media now. It is disgustedly owned, controlled, operated, and influenced by those in power. And the best tactic, like if you want to look and destabilize a country, right? Look in the handbook, which the arguably the CIA and the NSA wrote. Um, if you want to destabilize yeah. a country, the easiest thing to do is to get the people fighting each other and hating each other, right? And they will eventually fold it on themselves and the country will eat itself from the inside out. Now, the the ruling class doesn't really want us to do that because then they would lose all <laughs> their stuff too. But they would like us comfortably hating each other. That would be great because it takes all the pressure off of them. Well, of course it takes all the pressure off of them. If you look at everything that the that Congress has been doing over the past year is 90% of what it is that they've been doing is resolutions on how much each side hates the other side. Yeah. You know, and and it's like they're like nobody's paying attention and I'm not exactly sure why nobody sees this, but but stuff like firearms, and this is a basic one, and kind of why, partially why we do this cast, because we love them and we just don't think that, like, firearms in themselves are not murder machines. Like, I, I've used firearms since I was 10 years old. I've never shot anybody, right? except for my brother with a BB gun. It's a great shot, though. You guys should have been there. It's a great shot. I got, I got a nice Polaroid of it. Yeah, it's, it's like two, two, three, you know, like meter and a half. <laughs> we were communicating. Oh, such a great. Yeah, I, I know, know the, the finger, finger goose. goose. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody does not do that joke in the sequel, I am going to be pissed. It's just it was so great. And if somebody does not look at somebody else and go, yes, I know the finger. I know the finger. You know, what were you doing? Communicating. I mean, and it was Anthony Edwards who does such a great, I mean, he's such a goofball anyway, and he plays such a great guy with that. He's communicating. It was so perfect. But I've never shot anybody. Jake, you've had firearms for a while. Have you ever shot anybody? Uh, No. No. (laughs) In fact, (laughs) many people. I I won't say that I haven't considered it. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's. I mean, I do have a teenage daughter. <laughs> sort of like uh, uh, God, what's his name? Uh, Chris Rock. You know, she's the reason to kick an old man down a flight of stairs. Just don't do it. <laughs> Anybody can give you a reason, but I'm not saying you should do it. But I understand. But I understand. Uh, there's there's just that which you couldn't do that special anymore in the in the wake of all this crap any more than you could fly like you could no long no more put that on netflix <laughs> now than you could fly but uh you uh, know uh, unless of course you're dave chappelle uh, even then even then chappelle's like like it, i mean yeah but 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 he starts out all of his things with this may be the last time you ever see me yeah <laughs> exactly 
But uh, I mean, and, and, and that's why he is as good as he is. He's he's coming out knowing that this could be his last special. Yeah, always, always, every time. You know, and they've booed him off stage. They've taken his show from him. They've done all those kind of things, and he still just kind of keeps popping up like a cork. You know, but to to kind of bring that back around a little bit, that's kind of the reason we kind of do this. One, it's podcasting is one of the last free mediums left. Like corporate doesn't own it yet. No, and it and it is actually kind of funny that out of all the things out there, and especially all the places that people go to find podcasts, especially places like Apple of all places, <laughs> haven't begun censoring them yet. And I use the word yet. They have and they haven't. Uh, one of the things that they love to do is no longer bring the category. Like uh, I I run another show. Well, hell, anybody knowing uh, who listens to this cast, it's called Wholesome Addiction. I'm sure all of you are from there, um, <laughs> or, or most of you, anyway. Uh, and it's For those about, of you who are not, it is about adult entertainment. It is. It, it is a, a very non-safe-for-work uh, podcast about human sexuality and, and uh, things that of that nature. Now, um, Apple has not removed it from iTunes. However, they have taken the entire category... And kind of hidden it a little bit, right? Uh, it's no longer as easily searchable. A lot of the, the the words that you could search for and titles that you could search for, you have to search exactly for that thing before it'll turn up. Uh, so there's and they bury it inside of other categories, and now it's a subcategory of a subcategory, and and all that kind of thing. So they they do try and minimize those types of things. However, that's the best anybody can do because there's no real central place that you can shut down a podcast. Like no one corporation owns it, right? Like if you wanted to to buy the news, you're gonna buy about three corporations, and then you've got eighty percent of it. Um, did somebody already do that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, clearly, <laughs> clearly, uh, yeah, mainstream is is largely bought. If you want social media, like five companies own, again, 85, 90 percent of it, right? You got your Facebook, your Twitter, your Instagram, all that kind of stuff. That's well, actually, but Facebook and Instagram are both owned by the same people. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> YouTube, Google, <laughs> right? Uh -huh. I mean, like your mainstream media and your social media and all the things that you think are free and independent are not free and independent. In fact, there's a lot of censorship already going on that you don't see. So what you are listening to, you are in the top 3% of intelligent people who get their news from independent sources. If you are looking for, this is still a medium where real people can say real things and you don't have a corporate master. And that's extremely dangerous for the government to have running around they there's no there's no gatekeeper on this yet there will be when they when they get done with social media and mainstream media and all that kind of stuff they'll come for podcasting eventually oh eventually uh, but we got some time between now and then and uh, which is one of the reasons i love podcasting because nobody owns it yet right there's no central hub to, it's sort of like Skynet. You know, when they found out Skynet, there was no mainframe. There was no central core. It was a million different computers, and you, you couldn't shut it down. Podcasting at this point is very similar to that. There's no central hub for podcasting. There's distribution networks, but 
if you wanted to go to our website and pull the RSS feed just to get the thing, or just go to our website, which is not owned by Google, by the way, um, and not hosted <laughs> on Google, I refuse to do that, um, or Amazon, uh, you can do that. And there's really nothing anybody can do to stop you. That is extremely powerful. So one, one of the things that we wanted to do with that medium is tell people, look, firearms, to, to bring that back around again, firearms aren't just for shooting people. There's all kinds of cool stuff you can do with them and enjoy them and, and work with them and restore them and, and you know, do amazing things, do target shooting, do stuff. And yes, they will defend you. They will defend your family. They are good for that. But there's all kinds of cool stuff that you can do all the time with them that doesn't involve that. And that's something, that's a message that is getting completely lost in uh, debates and television and and, uh, rules and laws and all that kind of stuff. It's, they are a tool and they are dangerous. Absolutely. They're deadly, as a matter of fact. So is your average everyday automobile. Yeah. Uh, We were talking about this on another cast earlier. You know, uh, you can... You can fight and die for your country at the age of 18. You can vote for the same ruling class because those are things that they, those are actions that they approve of. We can put us in power and die for us, right? Yes. But you have to be 21, at least in the state of Texas, you have to be 21 to see boobs, to drink, to to do stuff like that. Smoke uh, a cigarette. Not that I really enjoy that. But, yeah, I don't. You know. But but it's you have to be 21 to smoke. And this is this is where I think our priorities are really screwed up. You can die, but you can't see boobs. You you have to be you have to be 24 before they rent you a car. That means you can die in a desert. Well, it, no, that basically means you're responsible enough to aim a firearm at the enemy, but not responsible enough to use someone else's car. Right. And this is these are the lines that our society has said is applicable to our generations. I think that's largely BS. <laughs> I can't argue with that. If uh, you're old enough to die, you're old enough to drink a beer. If you're old enough to die, you're old enough to see some boobs. If you're old enough to die, you are old enough to rent a Toyota Corolla. <laughs> okay? Like, I don't care what age you make it, but make it all the same age. <laughs> you know? uh, it's, it, to me, it's, it's the same kind of thing. Uh, firearms, by the way. What age do you have to be to buy a firearm in your state, Jake? Uh, for a handgun, it's 21. For a rifle or a long gun, it's 18. Right. So you can buy. In my state, it is exactly the same. You can buy a, a handgun at 21. But if you're 18, you can buy a shotgun or a rifle, which is hysterical. I mean, it's just... <laughs> Your, your head explodes because you're just like, uh, what? Like, who made these rules up? And that's exactly uh, what you should be asking. Uh, yeah, because it's some bean counter who doesn't really even know what he's looking at. Right. And doesn't understand them. You want some entertainment if you're a gun guy or if you're you're interested in firearms or know anything about firearms at all. And I know we're running a little long and we'll, we'll check out here. But if you want some real entertainment, go watch politicians talk about firearms on a committee. It's hysterical. Oh, if you really want the same entertainment, just go watch the guy that they want to run the ATF of all things <laughs> testify before Congress. That's hilarious. 
Oh, it's so funny. I, get I hope he's an expert in alcohol or tobacco. Because <laughs> firearms sure as hell ain't it. No. And uh, as we've said, he is also the same numbnuts who was responsible for the Waco disaster. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, this is this is not who you want in charge of this whole thing. So, uh, but with all that said, Jake has a new Henry, as do I. <laughs> and I've got a new Beretta as well. It's been a great week. <laughs> Uh, I can't wait to put some rounds uh, through this. I've put rounds through another uh, Beretta uh, recently, uh, but not this one, uh, which is significantly newer because the other one I was using was made in, I think, 2012, something like that. And uh, this one is ancient. ancient. You know, up until like a year or two ago, I didn't own a gun that was made or after I was born. <laughs> Well, hey, you corrupted me into wanting things that were made out of wood, and I corrupted you into wanting things that were actually new. It's it's a sad time we live in right now. Like I said, we're we're each other's enablers. It's it's bad. It's just all it's all the bad, you know. Uh, but uh, as as we have uh, said earlier, it, look, firearms are fantastic fun. You can do all kinds of cool stuff with them. Figure out what you're into and go get yourself one legally. <laughs> Follow all your yeah, local please. rules. As as honestly as Chappelle said, the only time they're going to change the rules or, or really start a reckoning is when every single uh, able-bodied American goes out and purchases a legal firearm. We're in for some interesting times, and I wish that wasn't the case. But uh, in the meantime, I'm going to have some fun till they come and take them. <laughs> Jake, you got anything else? I do not. Right on. Then we will see you guys next time. On behalf of Jake Bona and I, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. If you're interested in more content like this or podcasts, check us out at hawksideguns.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.